This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We are going to talk about resilience today in the form of the path to success, right? We talk about success in a variety of ways. We talk about financial success. We talk about your lifestyle goals, right? Just having a full life as financial advisors, wealth advisors. It is our goal to make sure you have a full life and you accomplish all of your goals. It's not just around money, right? Because money is a means. It's a tool for you to be able to do the things and live the type of life that you want to live. And so you have to have non-monetary goals. You have to apply uh, your character and a variety of other elements to your money in order to accomplish your goals. And so we are advocates for that. And so while we typically talk about numbers and stock and markets and dollars and budgets and all of those things, we've got to tie in some of the things you can't see because these things, we always talk about how time is one of the most important factors for investing. You can't see time. Resilience is one of those things. It's also going to be one of the most important factors to accomplishing your goals, financial and otherwise. That's a fact. Whether you're starting a business, whether you're building wealth, whether you're building a legacy of financial success for your family, you've got to be resilient because there will undoubtedly be bumps in the road and you've got to be able to bounce back. So let me tell you a little story, Tiffany. Okay. As you know, I have lived. And... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't even really believe you. Like, when <laughs> I have you say lived. you have lived. I have, and I'm still living right now. In fact. Alan, I don't know. Your life, I don't know. It hasn't been as adventurous. What are you talking about? Like when people say they have lived, right? When people, when older people say that, they mean like you don't even know. I yeah, have done. That's how. That's how I feel. All you don't even types know. of stuff out here in these yes. streets. You don't know about me. That's me. But that's not you. Oh my god. You are. You know. You have lived a very calm existence. Really. No bumps in the road. Like really? you. Don't, you're not causing any bumps. Not that life hasn't handed you some bumps, but you're definitely not handing them back out. I'm just saying. All right, let me say so that again. Then you are I, alive. I have, just I say have, I am alive. I have not lived at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've never experienced anything difficult That's not what I'm in saying. my whole life. That's not what I'm saying. But okay. Hear you. So, having lived through several market crashes, okay, several times of seeing folks laid off in mass, folks getting their homes repossessed and things like that. Like I've seen a lot, and I want to tell you the story of, of some folks. I'm going to obscure their names. I don't want to, you know, muddy anybody's reputation. Or, Do I know them? Um. Maybe. Uh oh, we about to find out. And if it sounds too familiar, we're gonna cut this off. Go ahead. Okay. So first we have let's go with Chad. No, I actually get a different name. <laughs> I'm making up names, but all right. So first let's go with the story of Roger. Okay. And then we'll talk about Hal. Two dudes. Two dudes. Okay. Both MBA Roger and Hal. MBA graduates, both working on Wall Street. Okay. Doing well. Okay. And then they both got laid off. 
Okay. Roger and Hal both laid off Were somehow. they at the same company? Different companies. Do they know each other? Same business school. Do they know we each all, other? We went to business school together. Oh, so you know the... Okay. So... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Roger, Hal, and Alan all went to the same business school. Yes. Okay. Okay. Roger, Hal, and Alan all ended up on Wall Street. Yes. If you are Alan's friend and you are listening to this, oh my God. Just let You know how many of my friends went to Wall Street? Most of my friends went to Wall Street. So exactly. there's no way to know. That's who why I'm you about. haven't lived because all your friends are the same. Oh my but, God. But okay. Then they got laid off. Different companies. Yo, what's up with you today? Why are you giving me a hard time? Everything <laughs> I go, she, she tries to bring it down, just bring it so, down a notch. So two different companies, they both got laid off. I'd be like, I'm happy today. Tiffany's like, he That's ain't that true. happy, first That's of all. Because he'd be lying. <laughs> That's not true. He's First, lying. And by the way, I ate my food after they called for seconds. Like in reality, me and Tyler both made a plate. Okay. When I did said, you make Tyler, the plate? Okay. <laughs> we made the plate. When? We just, just hold on. <laughs> the line had gotten to zero. We made the plates, and I said, Ty, why don't you go and before eat? the line got to zero? Did no, you the make line the was, plate? Making, not eating. When did you make the plate before the line got to zero? You got to see it was his face. After it got to zero, we made plates, both of us. I don't believe it. And Ty, that. Tyler's also, I don't know if y'all know this, Tyler's my godson. Okay. I've been knowing Tyler since he, the day he was born. I, I got to look Even more Tyler. reason why you shouldn't be throwing him under the bus. And I never mentioned no, Tyler. I mentioned you. So Tyler hadn't eaten all day. So I said, look, let's make a plate. Before the line got to zero. No, it got to zero. <laughs> let's make a plate. You go off to the side and eat. And then when you're done, I'll eat. And by that time, they were calling for seconds, and I felt like it was appropriate. So either way, let me tell you about Roger and Hal. So they both got laid off, and it was a really difficult time. But Roger had this mood that this was a transient one-time thing. He said, it's not me. It's the economy. It's the company. The market will come back, and I'll be able to jump back in. So he updated his resume. He applied for jobs. He didn't get anything in New York, but he was able to go back to his hometown, and he got a job doing something What's a little. his hometown? Oh, my God. I'm just asking. That's Roger. The people want to know. Okay. Roger bounced back. Slightly different approach. Not exactly Wall Street, but still finance and investments. Different town other than New York City. Okay. Hal, on the other hand, he never bounced back. Hal was like, look, it wasn't the economy. It was me. I can't perform under pressure. I'm not cut out for this. He moved back in with his parents. And that's pretty much it. Like, he hasn't worked in finance or Wall Street since. And, like, in reality, it's your view on how you look at things. Like, both of them had all the same skills. Both of them had all the same opportunities. But one of them was resilient and one of them was not. And this idea of setbacks being opportunities for comebacks wasn't something that one of them had. And so we should talk more about this idea of resilience. So the definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, also synonymous with toughness, mm-hmm. right? Or the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, yeah. elasticity. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that, right? And yeah. so when we think about all of us have been through things, right? Whether you have lived, as Alan would say, or not, right? Like we've all gone through things, especially when it comes to our finances, Right. That's why we always talk about having an emergency fund, because something's going to happen. Something in life is going to happen unexpected. There will be some sort of difficulty. There will be something that you did not plan for. And having an emergency fund allows you to bounce back quicker. But a lot of times we don't have emergency funds. Yeah. Right. Or what happens is larger than what we've put aside. Does that mean now that this emergency has happened, now that this thing has happened to me, has happened to my finances, has happened to my family, now I will no longer achieve my goals? 
shouldn't. Right? Or does it mean I'm going to have to figure something out? Yeah. It might take a little longer. It might look a little bit different than what I originally planned. I had a plan. Now I got to have a new plan to kind of come against what has happened. Resilience is a thing that I think is not really talked about. Right? Like I think it's because it's always um, right now on my feed. Y'all know that Alan and I have very different social media feeds. Well, he's, he sees things different from what I see, right? And so on my social media feed, and I've talked about this before, it's a soft life. It's a soft life. Mm-hmm. That's what happens on my social Everybody's a soft life. I got cats on mine. No, I don't believe that. Um, but it's a soft life on mine. So when they're talking about living a soft life, it's like, listen, I'm not trying to do with all the struggle. I'm not doing all that. I'm not trying to be your superwoman. I'm not trying to be, oh, she's so strong or, you know, put myself through unnecessary um, obstacles. I'm just trying to live a soft life, which I agree with. I do live quite a soft life, I think. I don't know. Um, But that doesn't have anything to do with the fact, like, outside of that, you really do have to face what's coming. You do have to deal with the things that are happening to you. And so we talked about Roger and Hal. And Hal. Right? And something happened to Hal, and he was like, that's it. I crumble. I give in. I fold. Right? Roger was like, that sucks. You know, you get to be a little bit upset for a little while, and then you got to figure something out. Yeah, that's a fact. We have talked about what resilience is. Alan has given a pretty basic example um, in Roger and how, right? And I think you guys have a strong understanding. But you have to understand, like, there's some, there's some teaching around being resilient. You can be taught or subconsciously not taught how to be resilient. Did facts. you know that? Facts. All right. So we're going to talk about that as soon as we get back. Because some of you may have been trained to either be resilient or to have no resilience. And if you understand that, maybe we can get you out of that or move you in the right direction. So I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So we are back. Yes. And we are talking about resilience. Yeah, we are. And Tiffany, did you know you can learn to be helpless? I can't learn to be helpless, but I mean. It's possible. It's possible. To learn. So there's a social experiment that happened in the 70s where they're trying to figure out if they can make people helpless. I don't know why they want to figure this out, but. The idea is if I can teach you to be helpless, I can also teach you to be resilient. And so they took three groups of people. They exposed two of the groups of people to a really loud, annoying sound. And the first group was allowed to push a button and they could stop the sound. The second group, the button didn't work. So the sound came up, they would push the button and nothing happened. The third group had no noise. So that's round one of the experiment. Round two, they expose all three groups again to the sound. And this time, everybody has the full opportunity to push the button to stop the annoying sound. And group one, who already had the experience of pushing the button 
and the sound stopped, they pushed the button almost 100% of the time. Group two, which had that experience of pushing the button and the sound never stopped, would you believe that most of that group didn't even try pushing the button, even though the button would work that second time? Group three, these are folks that had never experienced the sound before, and so most of them pushed the button to try to make it stop. So the idea is that, look, if someone has tried something and failed, there's a lot of people who will then quit. They won't even try again. They've been taught to be helpless because they tried and they failed. And that's the crux of the experiment, is that folks are learning to be helpless. And it's because they tried something and they failed and they haven't learned how to be resilient. So it reminds me a lot of, of poverty, of being poor, of not having financial resources. Like there's a lot of folks who are in dire financial straits that have stopped trying, unfortunately, that feel like no matter how much they try, they can't turn it around because they've seen other people try. They've seen other people not get any results. And over time, you start to teach your kids this helplessness. Yeah, and that's what I was getting ready to say. I think it's a lot of people who have also just been raised this way, right? So maybe even before they've gotten into their own financial situation, just being exposed to their financial upbringing with their parents and they've seen their parents try and they've seen their parents kind of struggle in a variety of different ways. They've taken that on for themselves before they even started making money, right? Or before they even, you know, started thinking about their own wealth plan. It's like, why would I think about that? Because I've seen it not work for other people or people are surrounded by negative people, right? Or non-resilient people. In your study that you were talking about, like people weren't in the room alone, right? They were in the room with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Say you would have taken one person out of the room where they didn't hear the noise the first time and put them in the room with people who weren't pressing the button, mm -hmm. they probably would have walked up and pressed the button, yeah. right? Unless on their way walking up to press the button, everybody was like, nah, it won't work. It keeps, it's just going to keep going. Don't worry about it. No need to do it. We've seen this before. And just out talking them, just, just telling them not to do it because of their own personal experience. Eventually you're going to believe them. You're going to be like, well, yeah, I mean, they know. So you can be exposed to too much helplessness mm -hmm. or you could just have been raised to be helpless. And it doesn't, you don't know you're being helpless. You think that you are learning from other people's experience. But I think part of what we've always tried to teach people is that your experience doesn't have to look like anybody else's. And we are trying to equip you with all the information and tools and I don't want to say motivation, but discipline, mm -hmm. right? That you need to make your experience your own. So let me make a, a parallel to your financial life. Imagine you tried investing in the 401k mm. years ago. 2008 happened. And then you lost and you decided not to try again. Imagine you tried buying a home. The mortgage crisis happened. Word. You lost your home. You decided not to try again. Imagine going for a degree. It got difficult. You stopped. You dropped out. Now you got this debt, you decided not to try again. Like there's so many of these things that we've tried that maybe didn't work out this one time that have caused us to not try again. And we gotta get out of that, we gotta get past that because I do believe this notion of resilience, it, it's something that can help people to be successful, to bounce back a lot better. Yeah, and you're also a role model because I think about just in the examples that you gave, right? So I have several friends who lost a home, 
Yeah. Lost a home. Their home was foreclosed on. And I don't want to say it never crossed their mind that they could never own a home again. I know, like, in those moments, it's like, yo, it's bleak. I just, if I could, I just got to get back into an apartment. But every last one of them now owns a home, a bigger home, a better home than the one that they lost. That's great. Right? Even for my own personal story. And I think, like, part of our relationship with you guys is that we do share our own personal stories or the stories of our clients, right? We had a client who, she is a client now, but when she originally came to us, she had no money. Mm-hmm. She didn't have any money. You know, we gave her some advice. The advice looked like, go make some more money, go save some more money, you know. But for what we do, like, you don't have the assets for us to manage, yeah. right? It couldn't have been three years later, she came back damn near a millionaire. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> like, yeah. and it was not by any way that she probably thought it would have happened. I personally, I've had a car repossessed. Mm. And during the time of getting the car repossessed, like life was, was, was very dark. And, but I don't think it ever crossed my mind. I wouldn't own a car again. And especially not a foreign. (laughs) They put you in a foreign. I forgot about that. I mean, it was a foreign that got repossessed. I ain't going to lie. They repossessed a foreign. Oh, we put you back in a foreign. In a better form. Ooh. You know what I mean? It never crossed my mind like I'll never be able to own a car again. Yeah. Right? And so I think like that, it may seem like for a lot of people, it's like, I just got to get back up. Yeah. It never crosses your mind if one thing doesn't work out, it's always going to go wrong. So when we think about our money, we think about losing a job, like how? Yeah. Or having some sort of emergency and having to liquidate your savings. Liquidate your retirement. Right? Falling on hard times, like you said, being invested in the market and then 2008 happened and you took your money out. Because we know if you would have kept your money and you would have made mad money, but you took your money out. It doesn't cross your mind to say, I guess I'm never going to make money again. Right? That, that is resilience. That's, a, that's the definition of resiliency. And it's a thing that you have to have in order to create wealth. Yeah. And you got to see these setbacks as temporary things. Dave Chappelle famously talked about how when he came to his dad and said, hey, I hate the fact that we don't have any money, I hate being poor. His dad said, no, we're not poor, we're broke. And what he was trying to say is that broke is like a temporary thing. Like we're in a position right now, we don't have any money. Poor is more of a mindset. Like it's more of something that permeates your everyday and it doesn't need to be like that. And I agree with that. So when when a trauma happens, there's really only three things that could happen after the trauma. Number one, you bounce back slowly, but you eventually bounce back. Number two, you allow it to ruin you. And number three is post-traumatic growth. Like, I like post-traumatic growth. Yeah. Okay. You can actually come out after the trauma, after the failure, after the setback, stronger, better off than you were before the trauma or setback. Yeah, That's I think post-traumatic growth. I think it's almost impossible. If you can get through the trauma... It's almost impossible not for you to come out better and stronger. Yeah. You got to get through it, right? Like you have to acknowledge it. You have to get through it. And you have to decide that there's still more for you to do. But like ultimately, you are guaranteed to have post-traumatic growth. So let's talk about those factors. Like how do you come up with the post, the PTG? Okay. Like your folks that lost their homes and ended up in way nicer homes. Word. One of my best friends ended up in that same uh, position for sure. So number one, you've got to understand that it's natural to feel upset, to feel broken to when, when there's a failure. Like I think 
this notion of resilience doesn't mean that you never have a bad day. Right. It doesn't mean that you never take that feeling of, man, I really wish I could have done that better. You got to acknowledge that that's a part of the process. Yeah, I think part of acknowledging it is also acknowledging that it mattered. Yeah. Right. Like people are oftentimes like, you know, unfazed, unbothered, you know, no F's given. Right. Like nothing ever bothers you. Like you're always having a great day. But I think part of acknowledging it and and kind of living with that is acknowledging that something was really important to you. I think in assessing that you want to understand why. Why does this hurt me so much? Like what was I working towards? Like yeah. why does this matter to me so much? Because that is going to help you on the other side. That is going to help you come up with a new strategy and come up with a new plan or motivate you again. But you got to feel it. You got to feel down about it. You got to feel disappointed and allow yourself to go through that. Ask yourself, why is this bothering me so much? Like, why am I so disappointed? So that you know what your why is, because that's the thing that you're going to see on the other side. Absolutely. The second thing is optimism. And you can't just be like, oh, be optimistic. But one of the factors that researchers have found is that your view, is really linked to the images and the thoughts that you consume. So what are you consuming? What images do you look at? Do they motivate you? Do they make you feel more optimistic? Or do they make you look down on yourself? Do they make you feel beat down? That's a really good point. I say this to my friends often. You have survived every obstacle that's been put in your path to beat you, right? Like you you have survived every 100% of your bad days. If you are still alive, you have survived 100% of your bad days. You have Absolutely. a you have a 100% success rate for every bad day that has come against you. Yeah. That should remind you so that when you have your next bad day, you need to remember, I've got a 100% success rate. Like this has got to work out. I've got to survive this day cuz I survived all the other ones. Yeah. Right. That alone should give you a little bit of optimism. When things go wrong, it's not the first time things have gone wrong. It might not have been on this scale, but it's not the first time things have gone wrong. And you survived it. You bounced back. You recovered. If for nothing else, that should be the foundation of your optimism in that, damn, I've survived everything else up until this point. It's almost guaranteed I'm going to survive this, too. Absolutely. I think for a lot of folks, for all of us, like we've developed a track record individually, I'm talking about you, the listener, the God you serve has developed a track record in your life. And you can choose to ignore that, choose to just assume that the God that has performed miracles all over the planet for centuries will suddenly not perform those miracles for you. You can assume that if you want. It's just a lie. It's not true. So I have a question. I have a question for you. What do you do in tough moments to rebuild your optimism. And before you even answer, I mean on the most human level. So for me, when I'm having a bad day, when something that I really wanted um, doesn't work out, I got to wallow a little bit, right? And my wallow looks like heavy, oversized pajamas. Okay. Um, definitely binge watching something on television or it's watching me, but something on television, mindless TV mm-hmm. and some sort of unhealthy snack or meal. Okay. Right. So my go-to, I, listen, we're family. I could share my go-to unhealthy snacks Hold on. or meals. Hold on. I'm a guess. Okay. All right. Is it um, hot fries? 
hot fries. Andy Capps hot yeah. fries yep. specifically. And what's crazy, I haven't seen you eat hot fries in a minute. That's a fact. That's crazy. So, I, didn't, I didn't realize uh, that was a, uh, a trauma no. thing. Yeah, no, it is, right? So it's comfort food for me. So that's not true. Um, the day after my dad went back into the hospital, the first thing that I grabbed when I got off the plane in the airport was a bag of hot fries. Wow. And it was, I had, I wanted them. Like, they happened to be in the airport, so I didn't need to go to the store for them. Yeah. But I was like, I need hot fries to make me feel better. So hot fries is one of my go-to. And part of that is acknowledging, like, yo, I'm hurting right now. Yes, and it's 100% that. It's acknowledging that I'm hurting right now, and I just need a little bit of comfort. I'm not an emotional eater in yeah. any capacity, but... This is kind of like my approved plan yeah. for getting through a thing. So it's hot fries or chocolate chip cookies. Mm. It's a chocolate chip cookie. I do not eat more than one chocolate chip cookie. So on. it's one or the other. Well, hold on. Keep it real. You, you eat chocolate chip cookies without trauma. No, I'm saying this is like my- yeah, I got you. To lift my list. spirits. So yeah. if I'm having a good day and I want to have a better day, then I need a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. It's- one or the other, yeah. right? If okay. I'm trying to go a snack mode. Okay. If I'm really feeling it, like, like a snack ain't going to get it, Yeah. I need to have an entire box of potato wedges. Okay. Like fried, fried potatoes? Fried potato wedges. Okay. Not french fries, because french fries don't move me. They don't mm. make me feel better. <laughs> that ain't nothing. Potato wedges. wedges. Yeah. Large swaths of potatoes. Yeah. That right there, that's when I know I'm at my lowest. Yeah. And um, it'll bounce me back. Yeah. Okay. For me, I try to play basketball. I mean, for one, I cry. Like, I ain't going to lie. I cry uh, when the thing's going real bad. And then if I can play basketball and have a decent game, just make a couple of shots. Like, it sounds silly, but like the vision of like shots going in for me or winning a game or just doing well at something when other things in my life are not going well, it brings me back. This I'm is why I have to come for Alan because, yes, that sounded gorgeous. But like you love a guilty food pleasure. You yeah, love I, a I you that. love a Shake Shack. I do that all the time. That's okay? a fact. Yeah. It's, a it's donut. Too, these are two... Frequent occurrences to to say that that's, that's trauma that's activities because then sure. you would just be traumatized all the time. Okay. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So other things that you should do to be more resilient to create that post traumatic growth, you got to talk about it. Like you can't just bottle it up and just stew on it yourself. Like tell somebody about it. Tell somebody that you were struggling. Tell somebody that you're disappointed in yourself. And, you know, hopefully you're telling someone that can be positive around you and who's not just going to be like, yeah, you are stupid. Oh, God. Okay, so are you one of these people who you want to vent? Do you want solutions or you just want to be heard? So I used to want solutions. I'm a little bit mo moving towards wanting to just be heard sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And what's funny, that's really difficult for men. Like, often if a woman has a problem, you feel like you need to fix it. I realized later in life, sometimes a, a person just needs to be heard. Yeah. Um, I've all, I just want to be heard. Yeah. I want to be heard in the moment. In, in the venting moment, I want to be heard. Do not provide me solutions in the moment. Yeah. Come back to me an hour later. Come back to me the next day after the vent is over. I'm down for solutions. Yeah. I'm always going to work on the solutions, but not in the moment where I'm venting. Yeah. I might want to cuss. I might want to be mad. I want to throw something. Yeah. You cuss. 
You know what I'm saying? I might yeah. want to just really let it all yeah, out. Yeah, no. If I'm venting, this is not solution time. I just yeah. want to be heard and I want you to feel how I feel. Right? Yeah. And then tomorrow, the next time we talk, let's do solutions. Yeah. But you do want to talk about it. You have to get it out because, again, it's something that you care about. You also need a team. Yeah. Right? Like everybody needs a team, whether you know it or not. And that team could be friends, your wealth advisor, your boss, your family, whoever it is. But you need a team to help you get through things. Yeah. I do believe you also need to believe in a higher power, somebody, something bigger than you. For me, it's God. For you, it might be something else. But I do think that the like the universe. That's you, like what's on social media right you, now. You can't feel like you're out here fighting by yourself. The universe with no provides. with no support. So if you if it's the universe that you believe in, then you gotta believe in that. But if you feel like it's just you it might against be your the kids. world. Like your I mean, as far as like your higher motivation. Yeah. But yeah, it has to be it has to be bigger than you. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, and then finally, you you just have to understand that failure is a part of the process. I got a fortune cookie one day. It said, failure is a tuition you pay for success. And when I'm going through a difficult time, like I've gone through a bunch of difficult times since I've known you. Like we've had to close multiple of our gym franchises. Um, at one point since this podcast started, my house was in jeopardy because I had signed a lease and the landlord was coming for me for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, we've been sued. People yeah. have stolen business from us, all yeah. types of wonderful things. Yeah, we've sued and we've been sued. That's a fact. And so you've got to understand that's part of the process. Like, it's supposed to be interesting. There's supposed to be some bumps in the road. There's supposed to be some forks in the road. And you've got to train your mind to understand that when those failures happen, they're temporary. So we are talking about resilience. We are talking through helplessness, how to avoid being helpless or how to work through it so that your resilience will come through and ultimately will bring you to a place of being successful. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. It's the pathway to freedom is leading to the Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to thenorthstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. So we are back yes. and we are talking about resilience, helplessness, uh, overcoming failure, post-traumatic growth, post-traumatic growth syndrome, PTGS. Yeah. Post-traumatic growth syndrome. Yeah. Syndromes are always bad, aren't they? No, we just made it good. Just that fast. <laughs> okay. No one has ever said this syndrome has to be bad. Yeah. Fine as hell syndrome. Fast. Fine as hell. What? Wait, fine, yeah, <laughs> FAS. Yeah, F A H S. It's it could just be good. Up stuff. I just decided to make it good. Yeah, we are getting some of our stuff trademarked, by the way. Don't I tell them. I won't em. say. I won't say what we are getting yeah. trademarked after we get it trademarked. Some of these witty quips we come up with, we got to monetize. The fine as hell syndrome is definitely getting trademarked. Yeah, big booty coin from what? last week. That, no, that that's definitely not. Some that probably exists. There's six thousand cryptos out here. Yeah, that's a fact.
And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I think it was pretty good. I'm just saying. You always think every episode is very good. Yo, our content is fire. I can't lie. I'm not going to lie. You know I don't love every single episode. You don't even listen to every episode. I, I'm, I am the episode. What do I need to listen to? I, just... <laughs> I am the episode. I am hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to listen. You are not the episode. I remember what we said. We are the episode. Yeah. So I don't need to listen to us. Yeah. We said it. You kind of do. No. Yeah. That's You got it. Yeah. You don't think Jay-Z listens to his songs after he records them? So, you know, I work for Jay-Z. Okay. He listens to his songs at some point. Not immediately. Okay, but you don't listen ever. If we were going on tour, I would listen. (laughs) If I needed to repeat it back, then yes, I would listen to it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We don't perform our podcast. I can't stand this person. Yeah, We have done live podcasts. Yeah. So, you guys do, we'll see. I mean, we haven't done one in a long time. I don't know if we're, do you think we'll ever do another live podcast? Yeah, definitely. 100%. Okay. Coming to a city near you. Don't say all that, but yeah. we have done some. Um, we yeah. we were we did the California, one of the convention centers in yeah, California. We, we did New York. We did LA. Atlanta? And we did Atlanta. Yeah. And we it was promised, like a women's conference in Atlanta. Yeah, we promised to do something in the state of Texas and the, yeah. sta- and the state of Florida. That's a fact. We have not delivered on those two that promises. Was, we made those promises before COVID. Yeah. Um, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, because we are resilient. And we have grit. We have grit. Yeah, we should talk about grit a little bit. Grit is kind of adjacent to resilience. And gritty people are able to maintain their determination and motivation for long periods of time, despite periods of failure and adversity. I don't want to be called gritty. I just feel like... That sounds um, like gully. Like, it sounds like, like, um, like, I think of like sand, like sand Sand on your feet. Sandpaper is gritty. That's a good thing. No. One of the definitions for gritty is courageous... And having a strength of character. Yeah. Another we definition is abrasive in a sandstone. <laughs> so I don't want to be abrasive. One. Not that one. Okay. I'd like to be you are abrasive. courageous. <laughs> I am a little. Yeah. I like that about you texture. sometimes. Got when it's going texture. towards other people than me, I love it. Listen, I, got, I need to be abrasive to smooth your edges. Oh my gosh. Look at that. Okay. Okay. So the thing about grit is understanding that it's more about effort than it is about talent. Like a lot of folks, like it's easy to say that effort is going to take you all the way. It's not about talent. But a lot of people secretly think that people who are successful got there only because of talent. They don't realize that there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of effort that impacts achievement. So if you're going to be gritty, if you are going to have grit, you've got to understand that your effort is what matters way more than your talent matters. So I followed this chick on Instagram. Her name is Get Grit Fit, right? Okay. And she is this spunky white lady. Spunky. Spunky. Would you describe a black person as spunky? No. Nope. I-, I think you're being racist right now. No. Nope. Go on. Oh, it's not racist. Um, she is this spunky white woman. Okay. And um, Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife. Yeah. She was her trainer. Okay. I think she is her trainer from time to time. But... She does these really unique workouts and it's all about effort. Like they don't look like they make any sense. Like it's not like um, pull-ups and sit-ups and it's like kicking a wall with your right leg 15 times, right? It's like the craziest things, but it's her whole thing is like, if you could just put the effort towards doing a thing, regardless of how it looks, like regardless of if it, if it seems cool, just Put your trust and effort into this thing 
and you will have really great results. I love it. She does the, I'm telling you, she does now, the most insane things. Rich black women kicking walls. <laughs> she's nice. <laughs> and she looks like, I mean, she looks gritty. Like she definitely yeah. like gives abrasive, but I literally love following her. I love, I've never done any of her workouts because they look crazy to me. Um, and listen, I, I, I stick to more traditional things, but it is her grit that makes me follow her. Because yeah. it is clear that she is dedicated to doing these outlandish things. I love it. So in order to have grit, other things that you need, a large vision, a big dream, you've got to have like this big picture vision for your life of what you want to achieve. Now, for some, like I'll tell you something, what my big picture vision is. Like I would like to build businesses that my kids will inherit, that not just my kids, but the kids in my life will inherit so that my family members will one day have a chance to work for the family business or the family businesses. I want to create wealth. I want to create a legacy. I want to create something that's not just money. It's also entrepreneurship. Like that's the thing that drives me. Like when I'm going through these really hard times and I'm like, dang, it would have been easier to just go get a job. I remind myself like I'm going on this entrepreneurial journey for a reason and it's way bigger than me. I think that's a big part of having grit. A hundred percent. And then finally, it's having small, achievable daily goals to help you get some wins to know that you are on the right track to keep you motivated. I think that's a big part of, of, of having grit. So resilience. This is something that you've been talking about for, like I said, a couple of weeks now. Yeah, she's like, like I'm driving it in the ground no, at this point. No, I'm not saying that. I guess what I wanted to ask is in this episode, yeah. if there's something that you wanted to make sure if... if Everybody listen to the entire podcast, but what's the main thing that you would want people to walk away with? Because again, resilience is something that's really important to you. Yeah, I think it's just, it's having a vision for what you're doing, like what you're working towards. And I'll give you an example. So imagine there's three different people laying, literally laying bricks. The first one- Not drugs, not all white bricks. Bricks, man. Actual not, physical, you're building a, okay. Not you're laying BMF bricks. Okay. bricks. The first person says- I'm laying bricks. The second person says, I'm building a church. The third person says, I am building the house of God. Mm. All three people look like they're doing the same things, but that last person's got a lot more motivation because he sees the big picture of what he's really doing. So the thing I want everybody to get from this is that what's my unifying thing that I'm driving towards every day? What am I building? What are the things, like the small things that I need to be doing every single day that are pushing me towards this big goal? For some, it's to build wealth. For others, it's to build a business. For others, it's to build a financial legacy. Maybe it's to be become an entrepreneur or make your kids an entrepreneur. But what are the things you're building towards? Are you just laying bricks or are you building the, the house of God? And to add to that, I think you make a really great point. And so as you're defining what you're building towards, I think you're also saying, think about the quantifiable and the non-quantifiable things, right? Because when I hear you say, are you building legacy, right? Are you building wealth? I hear, are you building freedom, right? I hear, like, am I building uh, security, stability for my family? And those are things that can't really be defined by a dollar sign, but ultimately as you're going to work, as you're saving those dollars, as you're, as you're investing those dollars, you're ultimately building towards those things as well. Absolutely. A long time ago, I said to myself, if I can make a dollar as a W-2 employee, I would accept 65 cents as an entrepreneur. Now, at that time, 
I didn't realize that I was going to have to accept 65 cents for a number of years until I made back to the point where now I'm making a dollar fifty, right? But I knew that I it was really important to me to be an entrepreneur, to be self-employed. And so because I was focused on that big picture goal, it didn't bother me that I had a couple of lean years. It didn't bother me that there were some years where I couldn't do the things that I really would have loved to do. Like there was a time I remember my wife wanted a new house and I just couldn't do it. Like there was no way I was getting a mortgage. And and I had to say to her, like, look, we're making a sacrifice because we want something better down the road. And thankfully, it's starting to pay off. But again, if I wasn't focused on that big overarching goal, I might not have had the resilience to keep going. Well, I have the resilience to go into this Christmas season. Okay. I do want you to so next week. We are going into December and we never really talk about in advance what our next podcast is going to be about. Okay. But next episode is going to be one of my favorite episodes, hands down. Alan has no clue what it's going to be about, but just know Christmas is upon us. And I'm scared. And it will be highlighted in our next episode. Please do not miss it. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. Momentum. Oh, man.